up, beautiful humans? My name is Morgan, and I'm your podcast host. I'm a talk therapist by training and a practicing spiritual entrepreneur. I specialize in Reiki, tarot, and past life regression. In this podcast, I integrate both clinical and spiritual perspectives to best support you on your healing journey. Welcome to The Clinical Spiritualist. everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have not done a episode by myself in quite a long time. Um, I've noticed my style has typically been like interview with other people of areas that I'm interested in. Um, So this is really fun. Today's episode is going to be about my egg donation process. That is something that has been highly, highly requested it has been like the most interactive uh like question i've gotten on my instagram page like when i do like a poll or just like let me know what questions you have about this topic people are like flooding through about the egg donation stuff which is so hilarious to me because it's not even like it's a part of my life but you know it's like not my business or not what my podcast is based off of but i give the people what they want And also, it is so damn interesting, and I'm happy to share because um, overall, I had a great experience, and I feel like it's probably definitely definitely a little redundant, um, a little stigmatized, or, you know, people have the concept, like, the misconception that, like, I'm just putting my kids out into the world or, or whatever the storyline is because I know I've had my own biases and things. So I'd really like to just talk about my experience. I've only donated my eggs once, for, but it was such a process that almost took a year. So I wrote down several questions and I took out anything that was repetitive because <laughs> about 10 people asked me how much money did I make? So to leave you on a cliffhanger, I'm not going to answer that until the very end of the podcast. So you either fast forward through or just hang out until the end. Um, so I, I applied, uh, let's see. Hmm. I applied to be an egg donor last February, maybe. Yeah, it was like last January or February. I sent an application. The application was, several pages long. I had to, yes, I had to include pictures of myself. Um, I included like my education, um, my family history, like any history of addiction or mental illness, any, um, like history of my, my own health history. I'm trying to think what else, uh, type of stuff. That's pretty much like the, the basis of it. And then from there, I got an email saying, like, I was approved, and Dale will reach out to me if, like, I get to go to the next step. And so, if I'm remembering correctly, the next step was a couple months later, I went and got blood work done. And so, I did, like, a whole blood work thing. I got, like, a lot of different vials. This was, like, the most intense blood work Um I got blood work done several times throughout the process, but it was like one vial of blood. Um, Also, let's just give a little warning before we get any further. I'm not going to give graphic detail um, of my experience, but I will be talking about things such as like 
you know, getting blood drawn or the procedure itself. I won't be giving like, I'll just be giving kind of like anatomy lesson or something. So that makes you uncomfortable. Just like, here's your favorite warning that we will be talking about my body parts <laughs> and the procedure. So, um, yeah. Okay. So then I did the blood work and from there it was really cool. I got to see kind of what genetic dispositions I have for certain diseases. Um, and so I can't remember exactly what they were. I think I had four. So basically if I were to ever have children with someone else's sperm, um, and if they also had these underlying genetic um, I'm not, a, I'm not a sciencey person in this aspect. Okay. So just bear with me. And they had the, these like genes then possibly are, um, the child that was created from this would possibly have these diseases anyways. So, um, they want to make sure that the sperm I was going to be paired with wouldn't, you know, the child wouldn't develop any of these diseases. Anyway, oh my God, that was so hard to get out. <laughs> um, and so that was really cool to see nothing super crazy. Like, yeah, it was just like little things. Um, I should have, I should have, I don't know where that paper is at. Anyway, then from there, once I got that back and I think they checked me for certain STIs, uh, because that would be an issue. I think it's like HIV, um, was like the main one. And again, I don't know why. I don't know the why of whys of all this. I'm just going to share my experience, but definitely something that would be interesting to research further of why all these steps. Um, and then from there, so I'm speaking it like it's happening days later, but no, it's like, I do this one thing. I am like spending my gas money to go there, which, you know, everything's the only thing I'm spending is gas money. So but what I'm trying to get at is that like the payout is not until the very end. So it is a long drawn out process. And honestly, I thought it was going to be like quick cash. No, it's not. Um, and so from there, I, ha I got approved again for my blood work or the physical or whatever the hell. And then I got to do a counseling appointment. So the counseling appointment was 90 minutes long and it was basically like, my own trauma history, my family history, addiction, like why I want to do this. Do I think that I have rights if a child were to come from this? Like just to really assess like my mental stability and to see if like anything, any sort of trauma would be triggered by this. And so I just like know what's important, um, being a therapist myself. And so I didn't share like all of my traumatic memories because it wasn't important to the counseling session, but I was very honest about um, why I want to do this and um, yeah, like what are my motivations behind it? And obviously they know they're getting a, a lump sum of money. So they're like, what do you want to do with this? And I'm like, further my career, yada, yada. I don't really know. <laughs> but really when it came down to it, I was using that money to live. But obviously it's, it's kind of like you're being interviewed. So you, you could, you kind of put on this facade a little bit that, um, you're like so passionate about this, but really you do have, or I did have 
like a self-serving purpose of like, yeah, this lump sum of money would really help me. Um, I just got out of grad school. I was working a job at the time that paid me below poverty level. So um, yeah, it's like I was honest, but also you kind of fluff it up a bit because you want to be picked and you want these, you want um, parents to pick you. So I don't know what month I got done for the counseling thing, but then I got approved for the counseling thing. And then from there, it was kind of like a really big halt. And it was like, okay, now we just wait for parents to pick you. And it really is like a dating app. Like they're checking your, I'm sure my education appealed to them. And then they're like looking at pictures of you. So obviously I looked like I put my best pictures out there because again, it's like you want to be picked. It's really odd. Um, but it also makes sense. Like some parents are going to want certain things and we're not even going to get into that. You can, whatever. I don't, I don't really know. I've never been a parent who had to go through this process. So yeah, I then was picked. And so let's see, February, January is when I started. February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So nine months later, nine months, almost 10 months was when my retrieval was. So nine months from my application date is when parents, uh, parents finally picked me. And yeah, so let's just get into the questions. What is the time period of the process for me? It was nine to 10 months. So nine months I was contacted of like, this is serious. I was immediately put on birth control and I was put on birth control because to regulate my cycle with the other woman's cycle or the other bleeding person's cycle. I don't know if the, I don't know who those recipients were. So, um, yeah, to cycle me up and then also I think to not get pregnant, but little did they know there's no chance of me getting pregnant because I'm wiped up by a woman. So that problem was not a concern for me, which I loved because once I started the injections, they're like, okay, you're going to be so fertile if you're having unprotected sex. And I'm like, oh, if you only knew, but they did obviously know when I brought my girlfriend to the procedure and she took me home. <laughs> um, so what was the time period? Nine to 10 months. And actually I just donated at the beginning of November and they called me like <laughs> literally the other day I was having symptoms and I wanted to call and check in and be like, you know, is this normal after the procedure or whatever? And they were like, Oh yeah, sounds fine. It sounds like you just have a stomach bug. Um, do you want to donate again after the new year? And I'm like, hell yeah. So, um, the next question is, what is, were you in any pain or discomfort after the surgery? So I was really, 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 really nervous for the surgery because I have gotten an IUD before and it was inserted, no pain medication. This doctor was very negligent. I'm still not over it. Um, and just like went up there, never had children before. So my, like my uterus is not messed with, you know? It hasn't been expanded and stuff. So um, the IUD got put up there and it was a very traumatic experience for me because I was in so much pain. Like I've never been in this amount of pain before to the point where like I almost had to call 911. This is several years ago when I was an undergrad. But anyway, 
I was so nervous for the surgery because I'm like, they're going up in that area again. They're poking and prodding around and literally suctioning my eggs out. I'm going to be sore like I was. I'm going to be so uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I was really scared because my IUD was also surgically removed. So I was put under. Someone had to go through uh, my vagina and it, the doctor had to, not just someone, the doctor had to go through my vagina and get out the IUD. And so I was nervous that I was going to be in pain. But I really wasn't. So after my surgery, I had like mild, mild cramps. I was bloated. That's like the only biggest, like the biggest thing I've noticed is that my, um, my lower like abdomen is still a little bloated. Um, but no, it was like after the surgery that it wasn't painful at all because I literally get an IV. So that's probably the most painful part, like the day of surgery, which they did it through my arm. And while I was asleep, they switched it and put it in my hand, which I wasn't awake for. Thank God, because hand IVs hurt so bad. Um, but I woke up and <laughs> I was crying. I always bawl my eyes out when I'm being put on anesthesia, which I've only been under twice. But last time I woke up crying too. This time I woke up crying and I asked the nurse for a hug. I literally was bawling and I was like, will you hug me? And I, talk, I told my family all of this and they're, I was like, are you guys surprised? And they're like, no, because it's just like, that's like sober me anyway. But Cassie came in there and I was bawling. She's like, I thought something went wrong in surgery. Cassie's my girlfriend, by the way. Uh, I thought something went wrong in surgery. I was like, no, I just wake up very emotional. So no pain or discomfort after surgery, um, just some bloating feelings and probably honestly some mood stuff. It's mostly the injections that really fucked with me, um, which no one really asked about, but we'll get to that a little later. So did I know the family or potential child or do I know the family? So that I do not know the family at all. I don't know literally anything they know me and like my information, but they don't know my name. They don't know. I'm sure they know my age, but they don't know my date of birth or where I live or anything. Obviously the Indy area, but yeah, I have no idea who the family is. And I, and the next question is, will you be contacted if my egg leads to a viable pregnancy? No, I have no clue. Like I had to sign something that said, there's a possibility if a child forms for my egg that like with how like advanced our technology is and like our genetic stuff and like the ancestry tests and whatever, that there is a chance that someone could contact me when they're 18. And like, that would be up to me if I wanted to respond or not. And this made me think like while I was going through this process, I was watching the, uh, the L word generation Q and when um, Bet and Tina's daughter like tries to find her sperm donor because it's two women, and like then the sperm donor dies, and I don't know, I was just like putting my, I'm, like that's literally like me, like I'm not, I'm not the parent by any means, but I am playing a genetic component in like the possibility of a human child, <laughs> so it is like something to not like. It's, you don't want to take it too seriously, but then also you want to take it seriously because you're like helping start someone's family or continue someone's family or whatever the case is. Um, so 
yeah, I'll, I won't be contacted unless somehow there's a child that develops or multiple children and they contact me when they're 18. And honestly, I would, I would for sure connect with them if their parents were okay with that. Um, so when do I get paid? So I was told the whole time um, from start to end that once I received my injections, so you receive your injections, you do it for up to two weeks. I only did it for like eight days because my ovaries got like really big quickly. And once you get your injections, you get $500. And then you get the rest of the payment when you wake up from surgery. But it was, this is the only thing that pissed me off about my experience was that I, um, like got my injections and I didn't get my first check. And then I went back cause I was going to the, like to the doctors every other day cause I would do a vaginal ultrasound to see how big my ovaries were. Cause I have to get to a certain size before you can do the surgery. And they didn't know where my first check was. And it was like 500 out of the lump sum, which isn't like that much compared to everything else. But I was like, dude, I'm literally like poking and prodding and I've started the injections. I'm literally waking up at 7 a.m. every day and injecting myself with one or two needles in my stomach. Um, I'm going to need some sort of incentive to keep me going. So that was the only frustrating part is that the money, the first check I never received, it all came in a lump sum when I was done. So I'll, like they know that's a critique of mine because I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say harassed because I feel like that's unfair. I asked multiple people, like, where's my check? <laughs> because, yeah, like, when I'm doing a service, like, it's just a moral value of mine of I want people to do what they tell me they're going to do. So, anyway, that was the only complaint I had, and I got all my money. I wasn't cheapskated or anything. So, you get paid usually one check while you're doing the injections for, like, some sort of incentive, and then the second check after you donate after the surgery said and done. Um, so I got my lump sum when I woke up from surgery, they like gave me my check. I had to read out the check number and then I laughed all the way to the MF and bank. So someone else asked long-term effects from medical or did they tell me about the long-term effects? Um, like did the medical staff and tell me about any long-term effects? <laughs> my God, no they were like so cool and casual about it and one i think that's because they don't want to scare people away two they're like that's their norm that's what they that's like the realms they work within and so yeah there's probably risk in which i did look it up of like the fertility medication and you know it's like risk of developing cancer some studies show that it doesn't affect some studies show that it does affect and I just honestly, for my own sanity, because I knew I wanted to do it and I was going to do it, I didn't go dive deep into that hole. Um, and honestly, I'm probably going to do it a couple of times um, because there is a limit. They did tell me that there's a limit. I believe it's like six times you can donate. Um, and like they don't go back to back. Like I'll have a couple months of like resting period and then I'll start like birth control again, then I'll start injections and then I'll do the retrieval. Um, it would, it's interesting. The retrieval is only like 15 to 20 minutes. Like I'm under not that long. So it's very quick day of surgery. Um, so I, they never really told me any long-term effects. I had to watch a bunch of tutorials before, um, 
like I had to sign so many papers and watch so many videos to like show me how to do the injections at home to tell me what I'm signing up for. So there are risks, but honestly, they didn't spend too much time like going, like they said them, but I didn't sit there ruminating about them because it's just not helpful. But some people, they like to be super informed and know all the risks and such. And that's just not me. But this is something else I want y'all to know. We people with uteruses, we are born with a certain number of eggs. So something that I did not know is that I thought we like rejuvenated eggs every month. No, you're born with the same amount. And maybe I'm just an idiot and grew up in rural Indiana with no sex education. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we have a certain number of eggs and we have not like most people, some people, I don't know how to say that, have like a lot of eggs and then they just take some of that so they took 12 of my eggs they told me and I know not everyone has a lot of eggs and um yeah so the next question how much money did I receive dun, 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 dun. I received five thousand dollars now five thousand dollars is a lot However, compared to other programs, it's not as much. I feel like this is the lowest I've seen is 5,000. I watched a YouTuber who got 8,000. I've heard 10,000 before. I really think it's my location is that I'm in a city, but I'm not in a, like a major city. And where I've gotten this done at, where I have donated, it's like a suburb outside of a major city. And so also like I could try other places. I've um, but it's just like so much work that I'm comfortable with where I'm at. 5,000 feels good to me. There's no negotiating or anything. So it's like you take it or leave it. Um, and I'm helping families and I guess I wanted to talk about this in the beginning, but, but didn't, but the reason I want to do it is that I don't think I want to have kids from my body or even kids at all. I'm not sure. But if I did have kids, it'd be through like fostering or adopting. And so I think it's really cool that I get to leave my genetic imprint here um, and don't have to raise that child that forms from my genes. Um, I think I'm just really helping bless other people who really feel called to have kids. And so I'm like, hell yeah, I get to help do that, but not have to, you know, like have this pressure of like, having kids with my body you know I get to do that in a way that doesn't require me to have, like I, I never want to be pregnant like period so yeah that's kind of my motivation and thought behind it and since I am a spiritual person I'm just I just think that we're all connected anyway and you know when I pass on I get to like maybe be on these kids spirit team or something you know like on the other side so I think it's really cool that I've developed this perspective because when I first applied, I still had the narrative of like, oh my God, these are like going to be like my kids running around and it's not. And it's like, I feel like we get so locked into like what family is and family is guy and girl and the girl is really fertile and she can have babies whenever. And like family is so many other things and family require to like build a family. It could require so much medical attention. It could be none. It could be, one person it can be multiple genders of 
people creating a family. It could be a single person and their pet. It's like anything and everything is family. So yeah, I think I just really want to challenge that system. And the last question about my egg donation. And I think I'm going to have to do a part two because I feel like I'm going to put all this information out there and there's going to be more questions, which I love because I really like paved this path for myself. Like I know there's plenty of people who've done it before, but I don't know anyone personally. So I think it's cool that we're getting that conversation out there. So would I do it again? Hell yeah. Catch me with another 5k uh, in a couple of months. Um, because I think a family has picked me and I'm going to do it after the first of the year, probably February. But yeah, like it did take a, it has taken a toll on me with my body. Like I get a little bit more irritable with, I hate birth control, but I had to be on it. And then the injections, like you do get really tired. Um, but overall, like I'm going to bounce back. It's better than being pregnant. (laughs) So it's like a short term, um, yeah, short term setback for my physical body. So yeah, that is my story and my Q and A of being an egg donor and donating my eggs for the first time. Um, I would love to do a part two because there's a lot more I want to talk about. So let me know what questions you have. Follow me on Instagram at clinical spiritualist. Um, and I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the clinical spiritualist. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and TikTok at clinical underscore spiritualist. I'm currently accepting new clients and would love to help guide you on your journey back to self. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.